I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. Well, Linda, we're back in the same room. And coming through loud and clear. That sound quality in the last episode wasn't the best. But isn't it, like, amazing? And again, thanks, guys, because the last episode was probably one of the best episodes we've ever recorded, according to the figures. The figures were really good. Thanks for staying loyal. Fourth commitment ceremony. Can you believe it? We're over halfway through, as we're constantly reminded by the narrator. Claire and Jesse were up first. What did you think of them, Linda? Uh, again, I just thought they were sweet. Again, I think they're both making it effort i think that you know they they both admitted to to feeling pretty good about the about the future and feeling pretty good about each other and as jesse said you're in it you're committed let's see what we can do about it yeah i have to say i know i've been quite skeptical uh the last week or two about them i've always said though that there naturally is a chemistry between them i just wondered whether the last few weeks and especially the early weeks damaged them uh, irreparably i think they're making a genuine effort the only thing though is the living arrangements uh, situation just wasn't addressed I think that might change I think that when we're where we have a look at tomorrow night's episode I think they'll probably be back in the same apartment because they need to move on now at this stage it's the logical next step in the relationship they need to spend time together as husband and wife as such yeah well that that's what the whole experiment is about it's as much about living together as dealing with each other in the relationship and the living together really is the thing as the old saying goes if you want to know come and live with me now the fact that they're going to the retreat next week means means that they have to live together well not necessarily have to because we saw in the uk one that you don't actually have to sometimes they can make do or they can bunk in with uh, one another if they want to but we'll see what happens yeah i think it was really sweet when mel said um you know who are you two and what have you done with claire and jesse <laughs> <laughs> really good and yeah you know, i've often said that to you as well if you've done something particularly unexpected i'll go who are you and what have you done with you <laughs> <laughs> Good or bad? Both. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know Very what? diplomatic, Linda. <laughs> no, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm tending to say in my mind, I'm saying it's when you do something good here, but that kind of implies you don't oh, do right. good things. <laughs> okay. Well, occasionally I've been known to slip. Nobody can can be happy all the time. Isn't that what somebody said? And somebody also said a forgiveness is a choice. But you know what? I prefer to say you forgive, but you never forget. Ooh, yeah. I suppose it's a true forgiveness if you don't forget. In my opinion, yes, it is. Because I think you need to learn. If you're in a situation where you've had to, to give, forgive somebody you both need to take a lesson away from it so you have to learn so you never forget that lesson I hear you I good hear or you. bad I hear you they both voted to stay surprise surprise yeah yeah no I think I think that's a good choice I am still concerned and we discussed it earlier on Hugh about Jesse's behaviour in the beginning and how that made Claire feel and we we said that we were really concerned about Claire's mental health mm. in the beginning of the relationship oh yeah and you felt that it was just maybe a flick of a switch and Jesse could go back to his old ways do you still feel like that I tell you what let's let's see how we go goes on the retreat. The retreats are a change of scene and when you get a change of scene like that and everybody feels not quite themselves, very often true characters can come out. There's a sense of freedom, like the way people behave when they're on holidays. Yeah, and the fact that they're living in very close quarters with the other couple. So the interactions of the other couples are also going to impact on the relationship. Yeah, I was saying to you to compare it to another reality show from a few years ago, Big Brother. They very quickly realised that when they had fancy dress parties and Big Brother that they often got very different reactions uh, from the housemates and the reason being that they were literally wearing a mask they felt empowered to some extent when they were wearing their costumes and they acted as they truly wanted they, they felt freedom so I think the same sort of thing happens when they go on the retreat kind of the same with role play Hugh uh, let's move swiftly <laughs> on to Evelyn and Rupert <laughs> is it your character? 
Yeah. Okay, so Evelyn and Rupert, yeah. So they obviously got onto the couch. They were probably on it for about 30 seconds. I was surprised at that because I thought that the experts would unpack what had happened with that butt dial. Yeah, they're kind of, I don't know, they're glossing a bit over Evelyn and Rupert. There's a sort of a phony war, if you will, going on. I don't buy that Rupert is the package for Evelyn. I, I really don't. I don't know how deep it is between the two of them. I think this is a choice maybe that's being made at the moment to let them have a bit of space. He seemed a hell of a lot calmer, though. He seemed like a different Rupert on the head. I think he's a hell of a lot calmer if he understands that he just has to sit back and let her take the lead. But in fairness, they probably are well matched because he tends to just chill out and sit back from what I can see. He was relaxed. He Just his seating position, the way he spoke, he was like a different guy. It was great. Yeah, I think we're, we're starting to see the real Rupert. So there's no, really not much more to say about those two. Certainly not from what they said on the couch. They have mutual respect for each other and they're going to try and build on that. So obviously they both decided to stay. The last thing I'll say on it is that Evelyn is obviously allowing Rupert to relax. We have to give her some credit. She's not. She's definitely part of all this. And in a way, actually, when I come to think of it, though, he's allowing her to be the person she is because we clearly saw the person she can be at the dinner party. As I said, yeah, and he finds that attractive. Yeah. He thinks that, you know, having a strong woman is attractive and lots of men mm. do, in fairness. Yeah, I wonder who. <laughs> Um, So yeah, so there's, I think they're really just settling into who they are and, you know, maybe just meshing their personalities. Mm. Let's leave the laughter behind for a little bit and talk about Sandy and Dan. Oh God, and then we move on to tears, of Christ's sake, these two. All I can say is I am so pleased that Sandy actually decided to say leave because I was a little bit nervous when um, they did a piece to camera before the actual commitment ceremony and she said she was confused that regardless of what was said at the dinner party she felt that Dan had given her a genuine apology and that if she left she would know if you know he was being sincere or not I mean it was incredible we were both just gobsmacked by that one I mean what part of Dan was sincere not and one iota of Dan was sincere he was totally phony at that dinner party he was caught lying on multiple occasions when she was doing the piece camera and she said you know I, I'm unsure I'm confused and if I leave I'll never know if he's being sincere or not I was screaming at the, at the television he's not he's not don't do no. it <laughs> you have to feel so much sympathy for her though I mean I know she keeps on saying about what her dad said you know that she'd be matched up with somebody who disrespected her and that's exactly what happened the producers the experts whoever this was a case of a total mismatch and a cruel mismatch yeah I know but in fairness Dan took us all in we always thought that Dan was a golden boy and he was you know he's so emotionally mature and he was so open and he was so honest and you know he had nothing to hide we did he, he took all of us in any kind of background check on this guy would have proven though that so, should have shown that there was there was issues there I wonder I wonder if he did a background check before it actually started and how deep into each couple are they supposed to go like they interview them and look at he had me filled I was shocked when I saw the other side of his personality he physically looked different I know we've said this in the last podcast but he looked so different in the shots that we saw especially at the dinner party he looked sort of had a growl of a face his face was so sharp contorted you could see the contempt the openness and, and, and when you think back to 
to the to the wedding ceremony and all that. It was like two different people. It's but he's shocking. a manipulator. Yeah. He's an absolute, he's a master manipulator. And I can see why he's successful in business as well, in fairness to him. <sighs> all the crap he was going on about the ocean. I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I, I again, I can understand Sandy's frustrations. I think we need to address the sex thing. Yeah. You know, the fact that they had sex, they became intimate and then he turned away from her. So we kind of had a little bit of a difference of opinion. Well, I have a theory and the theory is very straightforward and maybe it's a very male kind of a view. He was asked, was he sexually attracted to Sandy in the in the commitment ceremony the last time? And I think you can't truly know if you're sexually attracted to someone unless you've actually had sex with them. And I think that's what he was basically doing, as horrible as it sounds. He was trying her out. Yeah, he maybe he was trying her out and I agree with that, Hugh. Don't get me wrong. But was she pressured into it? Because she obviously had feelings for him. She said she had feelings for him. He knew that she had feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she was so against, she had her boundaries and she was very honest about that from day one, that she wasn't going to be intimate with him. Um, and then I just thought it was really, really cruel that to satisfy his cravings or whatever you want to call it, that he had sex with her and then completely disregarded her feelings and turned away and did exactly what she, what he promised he wouldn't do, I suppose. I'm going to row you back a little bit there. You say she had her boundaries and the boundary was she wouldn't have sex with him. We never explicitly heard that. No, we didn't. We didn't. But in fairness, she did say that, you know, sex before marriage was frowned upon. It was frowned upon in her culture, but she was moving away from her culture. If she wanted to embrace her culture fully and it was so important to her, she wouldn't have gone on the show. So why do you think she never had a relationship at 36 years of age? Well, that's an unanswered question, but I don't think it's all about intimacy. It wasn't like she lost virginity. No, and I agree with that. And she was completely open the next morning and she was excited yeah. about, about the fact she didn't try to hide it um, and she didn't seem embarrassed by it. Um, and I think she felt liberated by it. Um, but I still don't believe that what he did was the right thing, considering she obviously had feelings and and he at that stage didn't and then trying to blame it on oh well she doesn't love the ocean news flashed down she didn't love the ocean before he had sex so what difference was it going to make even if he did have fantastic sex she still wasn't going to love the ocean all right would it would you have rather than he said i had sex with her and i didn't enjoy it yeah you think that would yeah, be a better think, thing to i say. think i think i okay. think if he had been That's honest fine. and said you know we had sex um it probably just wasn't fulfilling enough for me or it's not what i expected or maybe it just it compounds the fact that we're not physically to each other or I'm not physically attracted and how do you think that would have been for Sandy well I think she could have dealt with it because he was honest rather than giving her expectations Mm. and then just dumping her in it without any reason like he disappeared for three days who the hell does that why was he allowed to do that yeah it it seems like there's very little control on the participants this year they really are being let basically live their lives almost from a huge amount of the time I believe the weekends there's no filming whatsoever so kind of the weekends they do their own thing yeah I I don't agree with that I I just think that that's wrong I think if you're in the relationship relationship and you're signing up for the 10 12 weeks whatever it is you should be in it you should be completely committed to it for, for that amount of time and you should limit your contact maybe not completely end your contact because i understand that people have children etc but you should limit your contact with the outside world I, I don't care what you tell me there's no point in saying that dan wasn't doing somebody on the outside because he was <laughs> there's obviously other things going on in his life and that probably makes it worse as well you know he still slept with sandy knowing that he was sleeping with somebody else in the outside world well i mean look at harrison's behavior uh, before the show look at uh, Shannon's behaviour before the show all these people are if they're not actually in breach of the contract that they signed they're certainly in breach of the moral contract of what the experiment is meant to yeah, be yeah but there's a difference in before the show and actually during the show there's a difference between potentially True. Dan was sleeping with two people one of them being his wife and another one being somebody on the outside that he spent six hours a day with his horizontal jogging working uh, well it's it's all over as regards to the show for Sandy it's not all over I think it'll take her a long while to to, uh, 
to come back from this. Come back from recovery, I think it will. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm delighted for her. And I'm so proud of her that she had the courage of her convictions and she won't leave. I really am. Fair play to you, Sandy. It must have been a really difficult decision because in spite of it all, she had feelings for him. Yeah. She really did have feelings for him. And he let her develop those feelings. Mm. Like I say, she was never going to love the ocean. She didn't like it from day one when he first met her. She didn't like it when they were leaving. Well, she was allergic to it. She didn't like getting into it. She never said she didn't like it per se. And even then, whoever breaks up over not loving the ocean. I know. That's exactly it. Yeah. He was clutching at straws. He really was clutching at straws. He should have been honest with her from day one and said, you know, it's not really doing it for me. Now, I'm going to make a suggestion about Bronte and Harrison. Okay. Oh, God. Here's the suggestion, right? They I, leave. Yeah, well. well They're second, thrown off. We can't do that, but we have to deal with what happened in the show. I'm going to make a suggestion that we don't even bother commenting on what they said, because I don't think it's of much importance. Right? I don't think, I, I just think they are so fake. And every time I see them, I actually, I really, it's it's galling me, the fact well, that they're still well, there. That's what I'm saying. What we concentrate on is what we were shown, really, the important bit that we were shown, which was the reaction of the experts to what they were saying. And the reaction was bewilderment, puzzlement. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. They really didn't give them very much airtime. I, no. I think that they actually didn't even really want to know. I think Alessandro has been sarcastic when she was saying, you know, bro, um, Harrison really was upset last week on your behalf and all of this. <laughs> and those little giggles, stupid little girly giggles <laughs> and Bronte. <laughs> Yeah, I did hear. Like, oh, come on, Bronte. Like, grow the hell up. Like, you're not in a schoolyard. He's not your first crush. You know, it's just, he could walk on water as far as Bronte is concerned now. Like, what happened? What happened there? She just is so bad that it can't be for real. They've decided to just totally paper over the cracks, pretend everything is okay, and be the golden couple and hope everybody believes it. Cracks? They're I know, massive fissures. I know all that. Look, the thing about it is, though, uh, we saw... So I said in the last podcast that one of two things, I forecast that one of two things would happen. Either the experts would just bluntly call them out and tell them they were fake and tell them to get real or else they would just subtly let us know that they didn't believe a word they were saying. I think the latter was very much. Yeah, so they were just following protocol. They have to get them up on the on, on the on the couch. Yeah. They have to kind of listen to what they say. And then I was like, yeah, off you go. I think, can I just get back to before we leave Bronte and Harrison yeah. about this pretty wild sex life? Huh. And Harrison saying, oh, about all he thinks we were moving furniture. They probably were. I, I'd say Just, they probably were. I don't think they're actually having sex at all. No, I don't think they're. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they go from the commitment ceremony and they don't do anything at all together. And come to think of it, you never actually see them in their apartment at all. You never see them doing anything at all throughout the week. No. You only really ever see them at the dinner party and at the commitment ceremony. Yeah. Well, again, we're, we're being shown what footage they want to show. They've obviously decided that they've given them an awful lot of airtime in the earlier episodes, which they have. They gave them way too much airtime in the early episodes and I think people actually from what I've seen have responded actually very badly to it. They feel that the other couples didn't get a fair look in at all. It was the Bronte and Harrison show for the first two weeks. Yeah well it was a Harrison show really and Bronte was. She did come out strong in the beginning but like I think she made up her mind pretty early I'm just going to have to go with this. We're just going to have to come up with a plan to stay in the game here and get as much airtime as we possibly can but they're making idiots of themselves like especially her. She's making an idiot of herself. It's embarrassing. Stop right now Linda because we're going to end up giving them the most time on the podcast compared to any other couple. Let's move on to Tani and Ollie, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have a theory about Tani and Ollie. Go ahead. I think Tani and Ollie, yeah, I think that in fairness, they, they does nothing. They're getting along so well and it's so genuine and so laid back and carefree because there isn't really any outside influences that can really impact on them, okay? Neither of them have any sinister backgrounds. Neither of them have any children. They're both young. They're both fairly similar. They 
they, they're laid back, they're chilled out, they've similar personalities, they've similar interests. There's nothing, there's no outside influences that are challenging them. And there's no inside influences that are challenging them either. Yeah, going back to my own uh, 20s, which were somewhat of a time ago, um, generally speaking, as you rightly say, we had very little responsibilities. We had a few quid coming in, gave our mothers a few quid for housekeeping. Very few of us lived outside a home. If we did, rents were still quite cheap. It wasn't too bad. We were starting to learn to drive, going away. It was quite a good time. Generally speaking, if couples broke up, kind of broke up because somebody got itchy feet and fancied going off with somebody else. But they seem a lot more mature than that. But in fairness, like we'd like to believe that they're not being exposed to other people during this time. Hmm. So chances of them meeting someone else and going off with somebody else are probably slimmer. And they get on. They genuinely appear to get on. But the point I'm making is that for people that age, they have the lack of responsibility and the carefreeness and all that. Yes. But at the same time, they have maturity. They're very mature in their outlook. Even the language that they were using about each other and look into the future. It was very mature. What, that Ollie was stoked to be with Tanya? Well, he used my favourite term yeah, again. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, love that. Uh, I don't that know. I do, I, I, I'm really, I feel really confident about them and I hope it does work out because they are a sweet couple and they genuinely seem to like each other, as I said. Um, but I would like to see some challenges thrown their way. I really would. I'd like to see how they actually overcome challenges because they haven't had any. OK, maybe the retreat will be a challenge, although judging by the preview, not much, but we'll see what happens. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Lindell and Cam. Yeah. Crack starting to form. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crack starting to form. Um, um, I don't think that Cam is the person that he set himself up to be in the beginning. Um, I think Lyndall has, in fairness, been true to herself. Um, but this whole rationing affection thing, that's really wow. great on me. Wow. That's kind of scary, actually, isn't it? Like once a day? No, I'll tell you what's scary. His battle axe mum. <sighs> yeah, I mean, but then again, I, I, I've i noticed in my life very often that there's two kinds of people in relationships. There's people when they go to their parents or other loved ones, their first instinct is to defend their partner. And then there's people like him who their instinct is not to defend their partner at all and to just get the opinion of the mother and just in, in this case and just take it. You know, I think with Cam, yeah, we I discussed our relationship last week and I kind of said from the mother's point of view, she didn't want to let him go. She wants to keep him close. She didn't want him to have a life. Mm. Um, and I think in fairness, well, Cam is kind of displaying the same traits and that he's kind of, mummy knows best. I'm going to throw another one out there that's literally just occurred to me this second. I'd love to know is that man that was with her, is that his biological dad? There's, yeah, that's there's a good elements, question. There's elements of single mum syndrome on there. Yeah, that she's very close to him and very protective and yeah. Look, we'll have to wait and see what happens this week because he has been called out. Cam has been called out. Mm. I think Lyndall in fairness has been completely honest in what she's saying and, and she's she's voiced her concerns about her needs and wants. Mm. And it's up to Cam now whether he can, when he can address those. Sorry to labour the point but it really is pivotal and I'll say it again. Cam did not defend her one little bit when the mother made her points. He didn't defend her. Yeah, and I think that's unfair because I don't think that you know she does need a lot of affection I think she needs the same amount of affection as anybody else does and then you know considering her, her life up until this point and the fear of not ever mm. having a long term relationship you can kind of understand that she she might be in a situation where now where was, she feels she deserves it and she wants it and she wants to know all about it and she wants to explore every aspect um, of the relationship you're bringing all that, that what she said back to my mind now that was actually beautiful the way she said it like it, it, 
is a huge deal. She held herself back for an awful long time because of her limited life expectancy and what she was going through. Now she's liberated herself. She's made herself open. She's made herself vulnerable. And this is what she's faced with. It's frankly not good enough. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, but like I say, we're just going to have to wait until we, they've all they've put it up on a plate camp and it's up to him what he does with it now. Um, I wonder again, is it in the edit though? You know, they, they do. It, when they get onto the couch, they seem to be different to how they are when they're in the audience as such. I think that Lyndall gets onto the couch and kind of puts a sad scowl on her face and they sit apart. Whereas when they're sitting together and other couples are on the couch and the camera goes to them, they're kind of, they're much closer and they seem a lot kind of happier in each other's company. I noticed that last week and this week that Lyndall, okay. her demeanour changes once she gets onto the couch. Okay, that that's something I hadn't really picked up on, but it is true now, now I say it. And now you say it. Yeah, I'm going to watch out for that one. What do we make of Belinda and Leighton? This goes back to what I was saying last week. They were with their family and friends and they said that, oh, 95% of this is all great. There's just 5% that there's a problem with. And somebody pipes up, well, what's this 5% about? And she said, when we communicate, mostly we're fine, but when we communicate, it always ends up in a row. And I said, that's not 5%. That's a massive deal. No, I, I only hear what you're saying here, but I have to say what happened on the couch actually took me by surprise. I mean, I'm kind of thinking to myself, what's John seeing that I'm not seeing? And we're led to believe that we're seeing a hell of a lot more than he is. Mm. I don't think by their body language, I don't think by the way they addressed each other that he could have had that, you know, insight into the relationship. I think they looked very close. They had their arms around each other, whether it was on the couch or whether it was when they were watching other participants. I thought they were very affectionate to each other. And I, I look at John took me by surprise in what he said. So, yeah, but there's something lacking in their relationship and they are intelligent enough to feel it themselves. They feel themselves and they're to some extent at their wits end trying to find maybe it's a 5%, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's a 30%. Whatever percentage it is, there's something that's stopping them having the relationship that they want and they want to find a way of overcoming it. I hear you. But how come John picked up on this? What were the signs that they gave off sitting on that couch? Or the dinner party. Or the dinner party, yeah. Or the dinner party where John is picking up that there's big problems in a relationship. Okay, so what you're really calling into question is this whole facade of that the experts only see the dinner party. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that needs to be addressed. I don't remember it being so laid down in stone that the experts saw nothing, only the dinner party. That was not the case in previous seasons. And look, it's still clearly not the case. Well, they turn a blind eye to so many things when they want to. When it suits them. When it suits them. And uh, were they struggling to find something in Melinda and Leighton's relationship they're, they're legitimate concerns and you know but I just don't under, and I'm glad he called them out on it yeah. but I just don't understand where he got that insight from because they didn't say or do anything at the dinner party or on the couch to indicate that there were those issues in the relationship and the issues they have in the relationship are not unsurmountable they're common concerns that a lot of emotionally mature couples would have because they want to communicate better yeah we call this a long time ago they are an alpha female and an alpha male and, and quite often that doesn't work because they yeah. flash heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And neither of them want to, to give ground. And it's just like a competitive, um, you know, thing going on there with, with alpha males and alpha females being in the same relationship. It, it's very difficult to work together and find a balance. But again, let's just see how they go. Melinda actually 
looked quite upset, didn't she? Oh, she was very upset. She yeah. desperately wants some sort of a solution to this. But what was the, the phrase? I can't think of the exact phrase that John used. It was a lovely phrase he used about instead of trying to be right and who's right, you know, you need to be more open about how some how the other person feels. And just acknowledge that you see the other person's point. Point of view, yeah. Yeah. Take and that just let it go. First, yeah. It's just, you know, Melinda last week, she was saying like, I can't imagine my life without Leighton in it. Mm. You know, and I still believe that they feel like that about each other. It's just getting a little bit deeper in and that's the way it should be. They're, they're delving into the depths a little bit more. They're kind of exploring different aspects and they're addressing any concerns that they have. But I listen, I have to just talking about Melinda. I love the way she takes Harrison on. <laughs> I love the way she takes It's on been Harrison. like that since first dinner party, hasn't it? She's has, always yeah. been the one who can take him on. Absolutely. And she takes and I, great pleasure in it. I think she does fancy him though. She secretly fancies him. No, I don't think Physically, she does. Physically anyway. No, I don't think she does. I really don't think she does. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens in that retreat. And I look forward to seeing her taking Bronte on as well because Bronte needs to be taken on. <laughs> Maybe some sort of an intervention will do Bronte the world of good. Harrison really doesn't know how to take Melinda either. Like He doesn't know what to do with her because she's such a strong woman and she's not backing down. He doesn't know. It's really showing how inferior he is and how he doesn't know how to deal with strong women. Yeah. It'd be he, interesting. He just tries to knock them down. If, the, if he can't knock them down, he just can't deal with it. He's no other method. Maybe yeah. He doesn't. It'd be interesting. Alyssa and Duncan. Alyssa had her issues. I don't think Duncan particularly had, but Alyssa certainly had her issues. Well, give me a break. Who'd want to love a single mother and all the baggage that I have? Ah, look. Your baggage starts with M and ends with N. I'm sorry to talk about a religion like that. Cry me a river. It's just like she's left the religion behind, allegedly, but she just still seems to view everything in those sort of very polar lines and then complains about it. She's 36. A lot of 36-year-olds who are out of a relationship only 12 months after, what, a six-year marriage. Mm. It's perfectly normal that they would have children. It's not unusual that you'd be six years in a relationship at 36 years of age and have a child. And she seems to think that she's one of the minority of women in the world that have left a relationship and have a child and nobody would want to take on a single mother. Like, as I say, it's 2023. Women can do everything. Women can raise children on their own. Women can have careers. Women can raise children and have careers. It doesn't mean that you're used up or you're, you know, that nobody wants to have anything to do with you have nothing to offer another person. Like, honestly, I think that a lot of times women who do have children have a lot more to offer a prospective par- uh, partner. The only person who's stereotyping single mothers here is Alyssa herself because Duncan clearly said, look, on the form, I ticked a box that I'd be with someone who had children or be with someone who didn't have children. I was open either way. When he was questioned at the family and friends he said yeah lots of my friends in fact he said I think most of my friends are either in relationships with people who have children or have children in other relationships themselves why is Alyssa trying to create drama that actually isn't there and I question her motives for doing that is she clutching at straws to get more camera time oh that's an interesting angle I didn't think of that one yeah that that could sound right I mean the relationship and to a large extent is going very very well so is she trying to just create something that doesn't exist or trying to be a character. There's something there. There's something literally under the surface that's kind of bothering me um, about Alyssa decision. And I felt she did the same with the affair with Claire and Jesse. Mm. That she was trying oh, to yeah. make something more important than it was. It was nothing to do with her. She took a stance that was completely opposite to the position she's actually in. Yeah. Why? Oh yeah. She like When this comes out, if this comes out at the reveal shows at the end, she's just going to be a total hypocrite. But 
by then I suppose it'll all won't matter in so many different ways yeah. so yeah you know and as I said I said in the last episode I really want to like Alyssa but there's something not ringing true she just cries too easily on that couch over nothing yeah I don't see anything significant in the relationship I think Duncan is actually a good guy and what Melissa said was true I, I think he means it he said he's there for the long haul mm. and I think he means it and you need to believe it Alyssa it's she just she says one thing and does another the whole time she should revel in the fact that she's a single mother and she's bringing up her son on her own yeah. and she got out of a relationship that obviously wasn't right for her and she's with a man an attractive man who doesn't have a problem with it and wants to move on and in fairness to him is saying all the right things yeah Melissa said that you know look at him he's there he's he's real yeah they have the potential to be like Tanny and Only if she could just relax and go with it and I don't know whether it's an insecurity on her part or whether she's playing a game I think to a good extent it's an inner voice a bit like what I said about Cam and his mum and all that it's an inner voice that's in her ear her upbringing is largely responsible yeah I believe that her, her upbringing is impacting on her relationships or personal relationships but she did denounce the religion and I'm not going to pretend I know enough about Mormonism or no you know no, the, the I, Mormon I'd be the same, yeah. to, to comment on it no. um, all I really know is what Alyssa is saying she does have a dad who is openly homosexual and mm. um, her parents split up she had an affair in a relationship mm. she got divorced she is now with another man well she had an affair before her marriage we think that seems to be the case just just to be clarify that oh I didn't get yeah. that I didn't okay. hear that bit alright well so. that's what seems to be implied that okay. she was young I yeah. stand corrected and also I think it's fair to say in fairness to anybody of similar religions or, or who are Mormon every religion can be corrupted every religion can be taken uh, to too fundamental a degree in fairness 100% and, and elements of religion can be taken out of context so including our own we're both Catholics and people can be too Catholic if such a thing exists <laughs> that's what they say shall we move on to Taylor and Hugo then oh yeah let's address oh gosh where did we come oh well the body language they were either end of the couch she was sitting up like she had extra cushions or something she looked about seven foot tall didn't she and he was even though he's taller than her his cushion appeared flat or something he was over on the other end of the couch sort of sitting down it set the scene right from the start didn't it it did I think uh, Taylor had absolutely made up her mind anyway that there was, there was look I think from the time that he met at, at the altar Taylor made up her mind that there was absolutely no future for the two of them I thought it was horrible what she was saying about I don't want any kind of physical affection from Hugo at all like how dare he kiss my cheek how dare he take <laughs> liberties kissing me in the cheek I mean I don't want him complimenting me I'm laughing but you know someone it's a nervous laugh it was horrible what she's been doing she He's been just putting them down and that's why I said about the seating position on the couch and all that because she's just I'm superior to him everything about her is I'm superior he's not even worthy to be in the same room as me to breathe the same air as me to have any physical contact John said you know who else uh, kissed her on the cheek coming in or tried to kiss her and all he said I did and a few others did oh it's alright for them but it's just not alright for him and then she tries to say she likes him yeah absolutely what exactly oh she likes his height you let's not you know, oh let's come not. on Bypass Come on, uh, like, like, look, she actually smiled. The more he expressed his hurt, was that smile a mask? I thought it was a genuine smile. I think she was genuinely happy that he was feeling uncomfortable. So she was achieving her aim. She was achieving her aim. That's exactly it. It was success. She was just like literally ticking. That's a, that's, uh, that that's another like man I've broken. Sadistic quality that we've been talking about. Well, there you go. I can't think of a better example. That's oh, another man broken. That's scary. And he, he said that he was fatigued by a thousand cuts and I completely yeah. understand that. I completely yeah. understand that. That said, Hugo's not entirely blameless because I think that he has allowed that environment for Taylor to 
um, be so superior to them. I'm going to repeat myself again, and I know I have a habit of doing so, but it just comes back to the same two things. We said two things when all this started. Number one, John could have used this video in a psychologist conference saying this is the sort of person we would never allow on maths because surely to God, if she could get on, anybody could get on. She just was dangerous to relationships. She was way too toxic. Yeah, but in fairness, she said that from the beginning. And do you remember her piece of camera when when the producer asked her, has anybody ever anybody else ever called you? See you next Tuesday. And she went, yeah. yeah like every yeah. second minute of every day, but sound of things. The only difference was they say to my mm, face. Yeah, like, yeah. Who is this person? Yeah. And she reveled in the fact that she was being labelled as see you next Tuesday. The other, the second thing I said was that it was absolutely going to go downhill the minute he failed that shit test and he agreed to sleep on the sofa. And that came back to, as you rightly say, when you, when she said about, about the other boyfriends, she said, well, they said it to my face. If he had the guts at that moment in time to say, no, this is not happening, I'm going to stay on the bed. Maybe there was some chance she might have a different view of it. Well, Hugh, in in fairness, he was doing well when he's on the sofa because now he's been relegated to a different room. Oh, yeah. I just, I again, I can understand her leave, right and leave and I, I wouldn't have expected any less. I would have been really, really surprised and shocked and suspected ulterior motives if she'd written stay and um, because there's obviously nothing there. There's no changing her. She doesn't want to change. She actually revels in being a see you next Tuesday. She mm. likes that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hugo, My, respect and admiration. Any little shred that I had is completely gone now. Yeah. Hugo is a people pleaser. Okay. And that's the nature of his personality. And I think had Hugo not been caught out by the butt dial in inverted commas, big inverted commas, because we don't believe the butt dial for one second. Right? Either, yeah. No, it's just not possible. But had he not been exposed by the butt dial, I think he would have wrote leave. The trouble is he feels bad and has been made feel guilty of the whole see you next Tuesday. After. Well, I suppose when you look at Claire and Jesse and how they've turned things around in a week, but I suppose there were genuine feelings with Claire and Jesse. This is totally for, different. Like, Linda. Just... No, no, this is totally different. I don't buy this. There's genuine bordering on hatred between the two of them. If the truth be told, they hate each other. Taylor and Hugo, yeah. obviously, yeah. They hate each other. That's to call a spade a spade. He actually hates her. He came out with a few drinks. He actually hates her. Yeah. And she certainly hates him. She takes pleasure in his discomfort. That's what we just So why decided do you, why, why do you want to say? Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe it because he feels guilty. No, I think he wants to, I think he, he, he feels that he's just letting himself down. He's let himself down. I think he's letting himself down by staying because what but you allow will that, continue. How he feels about himself is different to how we feel I know yeah what you allow will continue Hugo it's not going to get any better you have to acknowledge at this point that there's no change she doesn't want to have anything to do with you and all she's going to do by by staying is to hurt you even more like there's no way if she does stay for another week there's no way she's going to move back in with him she's just no. going to put her foot down and go no and she probably won't even talk to him or engage with him at all whatsoever no. it'll be very interesting to see though if she is actually allowed to leave the experiment yeah let's uh, well is she going on retreat we didn't see any footage let's talk about the retreat maybe at this stage it looks good oh yeah it looks good because I'm kind of dying to see Belinda Colin Bontian Harrison out I'm just dying to see every bit of it I actually at this stage I'm just kind of sick of the apartments and sick I, I feel very claustrophobic in the whole thing now and it's just been too much messing around in apartments and corridors and it's all just got a little bit stale for me now I'm welcoming the freshening up that the retreat is going to bring the new scenarios the pool the get togethers the fights the 
in those gossips. What's the chances of an honesty box at the dinner party way in the retreat? Oh, wouldn't you love to see that? Yeah, right. I think that'd be brilliant. I think that'd be an ideal opportunity because they'll have to deal with their issues there and then. And issues with each other. Oh God, I hope they bring up issues with each other as well. <laughs> yeah, I hope to do that. Great. Do you Good. think that you'll see Taylor and Hugo there? Ah, I'm on the fence with it, but I'm going to say she's going to walk off and you won't see her. Yeah. Anyway, we shall be talking to you guys again in a few days, uh, recapping the retreat and all that it brings. Can't wait for that because it, it looks so good. It does, Can't yeah. Wait. Yeah. Thanks for listening and, and thanks for sharing your opinions. Take care, everyone. Till then, keep watching maps, guys. Bye for now. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way, you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality at gmail.com. Indicastreality at gmail.com.